guys, welcome to the brand new podcast, Young and in Love, Young and in Love. The Young and in Love. This is the podcast, Young and in Love. Hello, young lovers, and welcome to another episode of Young and in Love. Young, uh, young, young and in Love. love. Uh, again, I'm Josh. And I'm Taylor. We're, We're the, the Andersons. Andersons. And this is Young and in Love. Young and in Love. Young and in Love. Young and in Love. <laughs> this is Young and in Love. Welcome back to the podcast, Young and in Love. I'm Taylor. And I'm Josh. This is episode 38. <laughs> Today we're going to cover a little bit about where we are parenting-wise, how our parenting has been going, maybe some things that we do a little bit differently, some things that have been working for us, some things that didn't work for us, so on and so forth. We're just going to sort of spitball it. Got a couple of points prepared, um, and then other things will come up as we talk about it. But to get started, any sort of update? August is two and a half years old. He's been going to speech therapy. Oh, uh, yeah. He's, he's starting to talk a lot. Yeah. So he's a little bit speech delayed. Um, he comprehends very well. He comprehends a lot. Um much 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 more than he speaks um so his dictation or him actually talking and recreating the sounds is where he's delayed so he's been going to speech therapy which has been helping a lot um going to daycare every day with two other kids has been helping a lot as well so yeah that's that's um, what august has been up to we're getting him tested or evaluated for autism on or this coming week so next episode we'll probably have actually we probably won't have a follow-up for that it takes yeah. a little bit for them to evaluate and uh take into account their um findings sort of what they observed and uh the test results things like that so um that's an that's an update yeah that we've never really talked about so i think taylor's pretty good at explaining uh, why we're getting him tested so yeah i mean uh, my brother has asperger's and i'm it could be a good guess to say that my dad is also on the spectrum um based off of some of his quirks and personality traits as well um and then august they there's just a couple of things that he does that sort of uh raised um the idea for me um when he gets really excited he sort of like flaps his arms a little bit which is um which is a symptom or could be a symptom and he's speech delayed and he really up until probably like three months ago he really hasn't hadn't had made any progress since he was like a year he was just sort of stagnant. Uh, he's super, super particular about certain things. Really likes routine, a set schedule. And then it's like super, super into music. And it's like really good at it for being only two. So anyways, mo- the main reason is that I think it could be genetic. And then a couple of those other things all tied together. Um, makes me think that he could land somewhere on the spectrum. 
obviously the higher functioning side. But, um, and there's nothing wrong with him. This will just help us um, in the future if he were to run into issues with school or um, struggling in any subject or part of school. If we have a formal diagnosis for him, it'll help us be able to help him better and help his teachers and peers be able to understand him better um, rather than us like struggling and being super confused and stressed out once he does enter school. Yep. So it's just a little bit of preparation for the future. In no way are we worried or concerned about him. Charlie is two and a half months old. Nope. Three and a half months Three old. Three and a half. Uh, almost four. I knew that too, because I told Noah about it today at work. But anyways. <laughs> I wish it was only two and a half. I mean, I don't, but I sort of do. But I don't. <laughs> She's the just older so they get, big. the more fun they get. I know, bro. I know. And the more they sleep, which is that's nice true. She is sleeping us. very well. It's just getting her to sleep. That's the hard part. Yeah, she's a fighter. Yeah. Um, she's starting to look exactly like Augustine. I noticed that today. One of his <laughs> pictures popped up on the TV, cycling through all of our family photos, and August was like eating two of his fingers uh -huh. like this, and it was like nearly identical besides his like bleach blonde hair right and his like mohawk thing that he had going on yeah other yeah. than that like facial structure very very similar oh yeah where they're like where she's chubbing up was exactly yep. like august did she's blowing up just like he did yeah but she's very cute yeah she's very very cute and she she's so happy she smiles and laughs all like literally all the time. Like we thought August was the happiest baby ever, and I think she might surpass him yeah. for that title, which I thought would be near impossible. Right. I mean, it's a stark contrast from the first two months of her That's life. That's true. That so, is that. Mm -hmm. The first two months, she was just screaming all the time for no reason. Yeah. Like, if she wasn't sleeping, she was awake and screaming about something. Screaming if she was held. Screaming <laughs> if she, we put her down. Sort of hard. But that seems to have passed. Yeah. Thankfully. It is gone. So that's update on the kiddos. Um, nothing much more from them. The biggest thing... That I can think of, which we have actually talked about on the podcast. So, like, my number one thing that's helped us as parents has been sleep training our children. Yes. And I don't think we could recommend that enough right. to people. So, for those who are not aware, we took a course with August from a, a girl named Kara. Yep. She's uh, all online, so it doesn't really matter where you live. The whole course is online, but she outlines exactly how babies talk or sleep and how much they need to sleep, when they should be sleeping, why it's imperative that they're on a sleep schedule, and how it's mo both mutually beneficial for the parents and the children to have them on a sleep schedule. Mm -hmm. um, it's very affordable. I'm not going to say it's cheap, but it's definitely worth every bit of value. That goes into it. I think it's $120 now. 
Yeah, something like that. The price went up a little bit. It's between. I think for like the bundle or something, it's something like that. It's between one and two hundred dollars, so yeah. it it is a little bit pricey as like a single purchase, and you only get it for four months. Yeah, for like four or five months, which really sucks. Yeah, that's a really down like the the biggest con of the yeah. whole thing is that you so only much get of it a con that we didn't repurchase it for our second. For yeah, Charlie. for our second kid. So it didn't help them, the fact that they cut us off after four months. But um, the truth of the matter is, it was incredible. So she lays out exactly what you need to do for your kid. She warns you of setbacks. She warns you of how to deal with cranky children and the best way to sort of get them to sleep, certain ways to rock them to sleep. And calm them down, uh, proven methods of sleep training. And um, it's not a just let them cry it out type sleep right. training. Like it's actually uh, constructive and has good feedback yeah. and uh, worked very, very well for August. Yeah, and uh, very quickly too. I won't say it was easy because the first night, that was definitely the hardest. And I think August probably cried for like a couple of like hours or maybe like an hour altogether. Like not not um, consecutively because obviously you'd go in mm -hmm. like you'd follow the steps. But he cried a lot. So it was hard for both of us. And But then each night got easier. And I think it was only really difficult for like maybe four days. And then it clicked. And he's been sleeping through the night, seven to seven, falling asleep on his own. Staying in bed until we get him up ever since. So Yeah. So it's it's super beneficial for the kids because then they have like a dedicated nap time during the day and then dedicated sleep time at night. So they're getting their recommended fourteen hours of sleep a day. But also for those who are keeping track, that's very beneficial for us parents us as parents because then that gives us fourteen hours of the day that we don't have to be focused on August because we know that he's rejuvenating. Mm -hmm. Gives us a very large 12-hour window for us to get not only get things done, but then be in bed at a reasonable hour and then sleep through the night without having to worry about him waking up or waking us up. And then that allows us to have um, like focused personal time, but also beneficial time with one another. Um, growing our relationship, talking about our days without having to hold the baby or rock the baby or feed the baby or yeah, all the things that come with being a parent. Yep. So it allows us to still be a couple while having this exceptional time with our children when they are awake because they're in happier moods. Um, they're healthier because their immune system has time to recover while they're sleeping. Uh, they grow. Boy, do they grow. Yeah. <laughs> so that will be in Charlie's very near future here in like two weeks. Yep. So when she turns four months old, even though she's sort of sleep trained right now, sort ish. I'll be moving yeah. up her bedtime by an hour and just really drive home the putting herself to sleep part. Yeah. <laughs> Which will take some time, but yeah. shouldn't take more than a month to get her on the same schedule as August. Yep. Which is exciting. Uh, because then we have our time in the evenings and it's easier to schedule things in the evening because the kids' schedules are more consistent. So then uh, all of our endeavors can become more consistent as well. 
podcasting and uh, date nights, stuff like that, when, when we don't have to be so worried about how um, the babysitter's doing. What's something that uh, you thought about? You said you also thought about your parenting. Yeah, I mean, I definitely, I don't think I would consider how we parent our kids traditional at all. Right. At least compared to, like, how my parents raised me. Like, we don't do that at all. So, like, my parent, it was a lot of, like, punishment and, like, fear because I said so type stuff. Also not, like, super affectionate either. But for us, with August, I like to think the main thing about our parenting that's different is that we treat our kids with a lot of respect. Um, meaning, like, like you just treat them like a human being. You don't necessarily treat them like, you, like you're better than them or you can just do things because, like, you're older. Like, um, I talk to him like I would talk to like another adult I don't talk down to him just because um he's a child you know like when kids do things or they like and they quote unquote get into trouble um they're not purposely doing that because they know that it's bad a lot of the times when they get into trouble um in our sense um it's because they don't know that what they're doing is bad. They don't understand why they can't do that thing. Everything is so new to them, and it's our job as parents to teach them why they can't do that thing. And so while your first instinct might be to, like, yell and get really mad, um, we don't do that because, you know, our kids don't know any better. And if your first instinct or, like, if you act on that instinct to yell at them – and to punish them or like hit them however you punish them immediately you're immediately cutting off that that opportunity that you have to teach them in that moment and you're instilling a lot of fear and for them to learn just to be like scared when you yell and then they stop just because they're scared not because they understand what they're doing is wrong um, and so I don't agree with punishments for your children when they do things like bill or dump their food on the floor or like color on the wall or I don't know what's something else like I don't know hit you or something you know um, because like hitting them back only teaches them that hitting is okay because they see you do it. Um, and again, it instills that fear. Um, yelling at them also teaches them that yelling at other people is okay. Yelling at you is okay. Um, that's a good way to converse and make things effective, which it's not. Timeout is another example. They don't learn anything in timeout. They just know that they had to stop doing what they were doing. And then once they're out of timeout, they can do it again. And then if they get put in timeout again, then it's another break. And none of that's very productive. So we focus on natural consequences, um, which means that you don't really have to be so much of the bad guy because their consequence just naturally happens. We're going to go ahead and take a quick break and we'll be right back with you guys. So let's say 
Um, if August wants to go outside and he doesn't want to wear shoes and you really try to put shoes on his feet, but he still goes outside without shoes and he steps on a rock or steps on, I don't know, something that like hurts his foot and he gets upset. It's like, oh, well, that's why we put on our shoes. And he learns right then and there, like, oh, if I don't put my shoes on, then I could hurt my feet or my feet could be hot from the pavement or whatever. Um, same thing where if, if he dumps his food on the floor, oh, you dumped your food on the floor, like your food's gone. Like, I'm sorry. Like, we'll try again next meal. Um, or like, that's more so like if Gus like eats it because he dumps on the floor, you know? Um, but stuff like that. And they learn a lot more through those types of consequences. The best way to describe uh, that type of parenting is an empathetic parenting style rather than an authoritative parenting style. Through the way that we teach him and the way that we show him, specifically August, right? Because Charlie's still learning about uh, consciousness. <laughs> uh, yeah, so, so the way that we teach him um, and the way that he learns from us, that establishes our authority and that he sees us as his parents and sort of like a higher power rather than um, through fear. So it's the love that we have for him. It's us trying to understand him and why he does the things that he does, how we can uh, come to his level. So teach him in a way that he will understand and then just be protective. I think uh, Jordan Peterson says it very well that if we want our kids to grow, then we have to allow our kids to do dangerous things carefully. So as, as long as they're not putting themselves in any type of imminent life-threatening danger, and we can see that they're taking their time, they're learning, they're being curious, then it's, it's okay for them to falter, to fall, to break things, to make messes, because then they learn that right. once we make messes, we clean them up. Mm -hmm. um, if we break things, then we can't play with them and things like that. So August has learned to be a very good helper from that type of parenting. He loves to help. If Taylor starts to sweep the floor, he'll quickly run over and grab his own <laughs> uh, broom that he has. And he pushes it around right behind her, uh, helping her. Uh, we have a very small yard in our house. It takes us like half an hour to mow the lawn. Uh, the last time I mowed the lawn, August just came outside with me and uh, stood behind the lawnmower, behind the grass clipping bag. It's a push mower. So he was safe the whole time. And it's an electric mower, so like once I let go of the handle, it just immediately turns off and... He can't turn it on. And there's no fumes, so he's not breathing it in either. So it's another moment where uh, he'll stand like directly underneath me. So I know that he's safe and he's not going to get caught up in the blades or anything. But then he just pushes the lawnmower. And the last time we mowed the lawn, he mowed the entire lawn with me. Just sat behind and walked behind, pushing the mower, wiping the sweat off of his brow. That's just another example of not necessarily forcing our, our kids to do anything mm -hmm. um, but just through our example and, and through our love and and our empathy um, truly desiring to know 
like what they're thinking and how they're thinking and come to their level so that we can teach them from where their understanding is. How's it allowed us to teach him good things so far? Um, and to have a, a happy, more fruitful, courageous life. Uh, I still yell at him probably twice yeah. a week. Every now and again, it gets, it, I mean, it gets hard. We're not perfect. Right. Um, and sometimes he's just not listening. Like he's just either he's like getting too tired or he just gets hyper fixated on something that he's doing. Mm -hmm. And he like you can just see it on his like his uh, body language. Yeah, he's like not with like he. Anymore. Yeah, he's just he's not there. So I almost always just say his name very loudly. Mm -hmm. Anybody who knows the Anderson family knows that our voices carry. <laughs> so I just uh, I raise my voice, gets his attention. And then I basically, I immediately come right back down and say, hey, buddy, you got to listen. You got to, you got to, like, you got to hear. <laughs> We're here. <laughs> Snap out of it. Um, and then I explain what he's doing and why it's wrong. And then almost always he stops. He is pushing boundaries. He's a classic yeah. two-year-old. Yeah. Uh, throws tantrums, things like that. I have put him in timeout before. So... But it's been like a minute and 10 seconds <laughs> because I'm telling him no, that he shouldn't be doing what he's doing. He continues to do what he does. I tell him no again to stop what he's doing. He continues to do what he does. So I just pick him up. I put him on the couch and I just pin his arms to his chest until he calms down and collects himself. And then I explain why what he was doing was wrong in the simplest way that I can. And then I suggest that we go and play something else. And then he always says, yes, let's go play with something else. And then we go and we play with something else. And I will like follow him to go if I was doing something else. And that's why he was getting into trouble. Then I will go with him and like leave whatever I was doing behind to like get him into a playful mood again until he's more focused on better things mm -hmm. his toys and not unplugging and replugging all of the appliances in the kitchen so then i know that he's safe and i can go back to, to what i'm doing so although i say i put him in timeout it's not your like conventional like put him in a chair and stick him in a corner and say like think about what you've done right or like lock them in their room definitely never hit him uh yeah that's been good um Obviously, you guys can send us your questions about parenting. Uh, if you have any other specific questions, was there anything else that you thought of? No, that was really it. I mean, nope. a lot of it, yeah, just respect. And we let August lead the way a lot of the times based off of what he's interested in. So we'll do our best to do the same thing with Charlie. And hopefully now that our um, extended family issues have pretty much resolve themselves or we've separated ourselves from them um we can be a little bit more forthcoming about how our parenting is going with charlie and then sort of managing the two of them together one more thing which i've sort of touched on is uh having shared experiences together rather than like telling august to go and pick up his room or like telling august to go and pick something else off the floor going over with him and uh, having him help you do it rather than just having him do it mm -hmm. and you watch. 
Mm-hmm. That also makes it a lot less overwhelming for the kids, too, if they see that they don't have to do it by themselves. As well as, like, doing fun things with the kids. So, um, going on a walk and just letting mm-hmm. August roam around the sidewalk and go to wherever he wants to go, letting him choose what toys he's he wants to play with, mm-hmm. giving him a choice of what he wants to wear in the morning. Helping um, uh, us cook in the kitchen. Letting him yep. dump in the ingredients and mix. So just like giving him opportunities to be with us. Um, but those shared experiences, like the more time we spend with them, the more um, trust that they'll have with us. And I see like this time between the ages of like two and eight as just our time to establish trust. Like this is the foundation for your relationship as a parent and child that is going to carry you through and support you through all of the teen years which are going to be tumultuous uh like our access to information and different viewpoints um you can't shelter your children anymore it's impossible um unless you physically separate them from an environment and you go and you live on a farm with no internet no television and you homeschool your children which is a terrible idea. Yeah, which has its own set of cons. Yeah, um, that's a strong opinion I'll stick next to. It's much better to prepare our children to overcome challenges and to face challenges while they're young, while we can have uh, somewhat of an influence over them and a support system for them to overcome said challenges rather than completely separate them from any type of growing or learning experience Mm -hmm. And then dropping them into this hectic and crazy information overload world and expect them to just be good adults and good parents and members of society. It's just not a good way to think. And hopefully that rings true. Obviously, there's going to be some of you out there that are naysayers who are going to say that's a bad way to do things or we've got our own cons. But this is what we've decided as a couple and it's what's worked so far so we're going to keep doing it and the good thing about this podcast is maybe two three years down the road we can look back and say you know what that we could have done this better yeah that was probably a a poor way of doing it and we'll change our minds with charlie i guess the best thing about having multiple kids is that eventually (laughs) you should get it right right I mean, it's not a long episode. I think it's because we talk about this often. We've expressed both of our sort of contradictions with each other. And this is our our best version of compromise. We rarely yell at each other for what we do as parents. Um, We're almost always supportive. But that's because we're on the same page before the page is turned. Like before we even come upon a problem, we almost always have talked about it before. So we know how we should react, how the other one's going to react, so we're never caught off guard. Right, which is really helpful now because as children do, and August is starting to do this, is if one of us tells him one thing or that he can't do something, he'll run to the other one and be like, Daddy or Mama. And then we're like, no, don't do that. Like, I heard what he said. Like, I'm going to tell you the same thing. Yep. So he's starting to learn that what one of us says is what it is, and it's not going to change. Yeah. The thing that I I think I want to close with, before we even had kids, I started, like somebody said that the most like crucial moment of a child's life is between the ages of like four and seven or something, 
three and seven. I don't know. It's like those toddler mm-hmm. age. And I was always super skeptical about it because I was like, that doesn't make any sense. Like you don't remember anything. And while that is true, like our our long-term memories don't actually start developing in our head until uh, the ages of three and four. This time where they're like toddlers between like two and five years old is when they're building like their emotional intelligence, Mm -hmm. their social intelligence. uh, They're asking sort of the biggest questions of why things are the way that they are and like who people are. Although they won't remember specific memories that we have, um, they will remember the relationships that they build. They'll remember the the love that they have for you as a parent and um, their friends and their siblings. And it's that emotional knowledge and that emotional intelligence that will set them up for uh, success in their later years in youth and then into adulthood. And then it'll be a fruitful and less traumatic relationship with their parents. We might not be making the world's best comedians, but we'll be making the world's best members of society, just good people. So don't really focus on what you do, but how you do it. Give 100%. When you're with your kids, be with your kids. Like put the phone down, turn off the outside responsibilities and just, just be with your kid so that he can remember that even when life was at its craziest, you still focused on Mm -hmm. him and that strong sense of love and trust will carry you through much, much more severe problems in the future Mm -hmm. when they know that they can come to you at any moment's notice. It's a drop of a hat. You'll be there. Thank you guys for listening again. I hope you guys enjoyed the Q&A session last week. I've had some other questions trickle in. I'm not sure how, but haven't shared the link again, but a couple anonymous questions have come in. Um, so we'll make sure to cover one or two of those for an episode. We'll repost it on our Instagram stories. So the, the best way that you can find us is on Instagram. Uh, my tag is at whimsicaljoshua. Uh, you can send me a direct message or reply to my story. Um, and Taylor's tag is Tay's Best Days. T A Y S B E S T D A Y S. You can find the podcast wherever you find your podcasts. You can leave us a review anywhere you listen to podcasts. Uh, you can find the podcast on all social media platforms as well at Young Love PC. Um, a website is being built for the podcast soon, so you'll be able to see audio. Well, you'll be able to see show notes and a landing page for the podcast, as well as some other creative endeavors that we're doing. Um, we'll have an announcement about that in the next couple of episodes. And uh, make sure you share this episode with someone that you think could benefit from it. Uh, make sure you have a discussion with them about the episode so that you guys can talk about your parenting styles as well or maybe if you think it'll help them in any way make sure you share it with them and then if it does help you uh we'd really appreciate it if you shared that experience with us um, just so that we can grow together and know that you guys are listening and hopefully um, we can all get become better parents and better siblings better better lovers uh talk to you guys in the next one bye